Welcome to A Fruitful Life, a podcast featuring the teaching ministry of Rick Clendenin, Benton, Kentucky. And now, A Fruitful Life. Hello, and welcome to A Fruitful Life with Rick Clendenin. Today, Brother Rick continues the message, The Blind and the Deaf, taken from Mark chapter 10, verses 46 through 52. On the last broadcast, Brother Rick addressed the questions, Why do bad things happen if God is alive? And how do we need to hear from God? On this broadcast, he teaches us lessons from a blind man to see if we can hear by bringing us the first four of eight things that Bartimaeus understood about getting our needs met and our prayers answered. And now, here's Brother Rick. Let's learn some lessons from a blind man and see if we can hear. Yeah, I said it right. Let's learn lessons from a blind man to see if we can hear. Because Barnabas can't see, but he heard something. Faith comes by. Faith don't come by seeing. Many of us would be better if we just close our eyes for a week, walk around and listen. We might hear God if we ever closed out the circumstances that's screaming at us. See, in many of our lives, God has become silent. And we've never noticed. I don't want that to happen in my life. I don't want that to happen in my life. I want to hear him. I want to hear him. Remember this. God whispers. Satan roars. If you're going to hear God, you're going to have to hush the rumble of your life. To hear him. So this morning, I'm purposely not screaming because I want you to hear me. I learned a lesson many years ago. I coached a ball team. And uh, on this ball team, this guy helped me. His name was Johnny Bohannon. And he was like whispering Bill Anderson. I'm real loud mouth. You done figure that out. But they had these boys. And boy, you know, trying to get a group of seven-year-old boys to nine-year-old, kind of like herding cats. It's a tough task to get them dudes to do something. And I'd scream as loud as I could, hey, boys, get in here, you know, get to the dugout. And they just playing in the dirt, throwing it up in there. Ain't nobody paying me no mind. And Johnny Bohannon was like whispering Bill Anderson. He'd step out to the sideline. I was standing beside him. I couldn't hear him. He'd say, now, boys, it's time for us to get inside in here. I'm thinking, what in the world do you think you're doing? I just screamed my guts out. My throat's sore and they ain't paid me a lick of time. Did you know all them boys would come off the field and get? I'm thinking, how'd they even hear you? Need to come in here and say, that. I realize the louder I scream, the less they heard. See, some of you have not learned that about your children yet. Your children are screaming and you're screaming, I want all this noise to stop. Well, you got to stop first. You're part of the noise. They're imitating you. But when we settle their spirits, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know. The closer you get to the Lord, the quieter you will be. He will settle your spirit. 
Let's learn from Barnabas. Here's the first thing I want you to understand. Is Barnabas recognized he was blind. There's what you know, there's what you don't know, and there's what you don't know you don't know. That's what will kill you. What you don't know you don't know. <laughs> there's one thing about being ignorant, but when you're keenly aware you're ignorant, you're getting smarter. When you recognize, I don't have the answer to this. Barnabas realized I'm blind, nobody can help me. Nobody can help me. The first key to experiencing God is to recognize you need him. And you can't paddle your own canoe. You need a captain for your ship. That's the first key to recognizing your need of God. He recognized nobody, including Jesus, can even help you till you recognize you need to help. Number two, he received a word from the Lord. He heard that Jesus was passing by. And faith, according to Romans 10, 17, comes by hearing a word from the Lord, knowing that he's able to meet your need. Now, let me just stop to explain to you that I was raised in a Christian home, but I didn't abide there. I left home when I was 17 in total rebellion to my mom and dad. Three months, my life fell apart like a $2 pair of shoes. I found myself addicted with a contract out on my life. So I wasn't raised behind a pulpit, okay? Can I talk to you this morning? Is it okay if I tell you the truth? I stood with a razor blade on my arm two hours in a bathroom in Dallas trying to kill myself the 14th day of July, 1972. Thought it was my only way out. The devil had already got a glimpse of what God wanted to do in my life, but I couldn't see. I was so overshadowed by the darkness that was prevailing over my life that I couldn't see the next step to take. But you know what happened? The Lord began to speak to me in my place of depravity. And suddenly I began to realize my mom and dad and how God had fed us when we went on strike. Sometime it lasted for a month and we couldn't get any script to buy food. God fed me. He clothed me when I was a kid. And all of a sudden the word of the Lord began to come to my heart. And I began to realize there's hope for me today. If there was hope for me when I was a kid, there's hope for me today. And through the darkness, the light began to pierce it, Dave. And suddenly in that bathroom, I began to think, Lord, is there a glimpse of hope for me? He's real. If you'll let him speak to you, he's real. He's speaking to you now. Then you cry out based on what you hear. The revelation. For John, 1 John 5, 14 says, This is a confidence that we have in him. That if you ask anything according to his will, he hears you. In other words, when God speaks a word to you, do you realize you've got a foundation to build a life on based on that word? Because that word will substantiate your need being met. It's on that word. In other words, don't pray some ridiculous prayer based on your own thoughts. Pray what the word of God says. Because if you remind God of his word, how many of you know he hears you? That's an awesome thing to think that God of the universe would take time to listen to somebody from Middlesbrough. But he will. See, what you've got to understand is 
Barnabas is the first man in the New Testament that saw Jesus for who he was. He shouted out to him, Jesus, son of David. You don't find that anywhere in the New Testament till it's first uttered by Barnabas, a blind man. A blind man got a glimpse of who Jesus really was. And everybody else thought Jesus was being coronated a king to start a kingdom. But the blind man saw clearly who he was because he heard. Boy, I hope you're hearing this morning. Because if you hear, there's an answer to your dilemma. If you hear, he cried out based on what he heard. Number four, he didn't have any trouble with this, but we do. He ignored what he saw. What we see hinders us from receiving what we hear. <laughs> Are you listening to me? What we see. And that's why we tell the Lord, Lord, I know your word says this, but you don't see. You don't see, Lord, what I'm seeing. Can I tell you a story on myself? Shake your head, yeah, so I feel like I got permission because I'm going to tell it anyway. Okay. First Sunday I pastored. July, first Sunday, or June, excuse me, in 1987. And I felt as much like a pastor as you do a ballerina. Okay, I prayed for a thousand miles saying, God, I don't know what kind of practical joke this is, but it really ain't funny. I don't know why you're sending me down here to these people. The average age of my congregation was 65, and I was 30. I felt like I was invading a nursing home. I'm just trying to be honest with you this morning. I thought, my Lord, what am I supposed to tell these people? They're twice my age. I don't know nothing. They forgot more than I know. I remember standing behind the wall saying, oh, God, help me just to fake it till I make it. Help me look like a pastor. You know I ain't no pastor. You know it. I don't know why you're sending me down here. What are you trying to get out of me? I remember that morning that man got up. Boy, our new pastor's here today. We thank God for it now. I'm like, chill, brother. I ain't going to be here as long as it takes the water to get hot. I'll be going back to Kentucky by the end of the week. My prayer is that I can get the kinks out of my back from unloading the U-Haul before I load it back up. That's how much I had hope that God was going to use me there. I got up to preach that morning. My voice broke like I was... 13. I said, good. good. I couldn't even get out good morning. I had to take a drink of water to greet them. I said, good morning. I want to say I'm sorry for being here. <laughs> if you'll forgive me, I'll go home. That's what I felt like saying. <laughs> so I thought as soon as I start preaching, they're going to wave me down and say, you're not a pastor. What are you trying to pull? And I was going to say, you ain't the first one to know that. I knew that before you ever said anything. So there you go, number two. So I started preaching. Been preaching 15 minutes. Just getting comfortable. How many of you know that gets scary when you get comfortable? And there was a lady sitting around where this lady sitting in a red shirt here. And the lady on the inside where you're sitting, she raised her hand. I thought, oh, Jesus. So being Pentecostal, I know how to ignore. So I went over on this side. Because it seemed a lot more favorable to preach over here. People wasn't waving at me. So I thought, I'm going to get out a couple points before I leave anyhow. So I preached. And I got peripheral vision. I can see still over. And she never had quit. So I thought, what am I joking, man? I just will face some music. 
So I walked over and I thought, well, here she comes, boys. And I said, what is it? And I was totally expecting, you ain't a pastor. Why don't you get off of her and quit trying to fake us? She said, I want you to pray for my mother. That was her mother sitting where you said. I'm thinking, your mother, this lady looked old. Now, you got to understand, I'm 30. When you're 30, anybody over 55, they're going to die sometime this evening. <laughs> they're old. You understand me? Oh. So I thought, that's your mother? Jesus, how old's your mother? And I was so thankful she didn't blow my cover that I walked back pastorally. So tickled. And I laid my hand on her shoulder and I just said, Heavenly Father, and she fell over dead. <laughs> I'm not talking about passing out. That would have been a welcome sight. For her to pass out. She died graveyard bye-bye. Right here with my hand holding on her shoulder. Now immediately my prayer changed. I kept talking outwardly. But inwardly I just started screaming help, 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 help. And she started to slump because dead people don't sit good. And so I sat down behind her and held her by the shoulder and her dead head right here in my face and I'm looking at her dead head and praying help help thank you for joining us for today's podcast from a fruitful life we hope that you'll tell your friends and family about the podcast and if you like join us on social media by liking our AFL Facebook page or by following Brother Rick's posts on Twitter. You can also find us on the web at afruitfullife.org. A Fruitful Life is the radio and media ministry of Rick and Debbie Clendenin, Benton, Kentucky. You may find out more about Brother Rick's life and legacy by visiting our website. Once again, that's afruitfullife.org. Thanks for listening.